Good morning, everybody. I hope uh, everyone had a wonderful Fourth of July holiday this weekend. It's one of the few times of the year where, as a nation, people can put aside most of their differences and come together to celebrate one of the things that pretty much everyone enjoys, blowing things up. I mean, that's the joy of Fourth of July, isn't it? Just the, the huge explosions and the cookouts and all of that. But it's a day where we celebrate our rebellion at a national level against the tyranny of King George. For those of you that might need a reminder of your high school history class, the whole concept of taxation without representation. And, uh, and in the process, we uh, swapped our government Instead of, a, of being ruled by a bloodline, we are ruled by a majority vote or democratic vote. But the problem is, in our human nature and desire to be led, far too often we look to this political system for our hope. We look to people for hope, and not just in politics. We'll look just about to anywhere and to any person for hope. We look to our, our politicians, but we look to, to uh, sports stars and athletes. We look to popular and famous musicians and actors and celebrities. It is our human nature to look to other people. But inevitably, we will be disappointed because people will fall. People will stumble. People will let you down. And so we drop our eyes from our fallen celebrities and heroes, and we look to another person, and the cycle begins anew. But yet, we look at Psalm 146, and the Psalter is coming to a close. The the psalm book, the song book of God's people is ending in just a few psalms, And the psalms end with a collection of hymns, just crying out a declaration of praise. The psalmist is encouraging God's people to rejoice and to praise. And I would even say that the psalmist is making the argument that every person should trust in God instead of people. If you look at the the opening of the psalm, uh, if you look at verse 1, it says, Praise Yahweh. And for those of you that aren't normally with us, or if you need a quick refresher, anytime you see Lord, all capitals in your Old Testament, that is the covenant name of God. That is the name that God gave to His people so they can know Him personally. And it is the covenant name of God, Yahweh. I am. And so whenever you're reading your Old Testament and you see Lord, all caps, Yahweh, the name of God given to His people in relationship. Praise Yahweh, praise Yahweh, O my soul. I will praise Yahweh as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. The psalmist begins this hymn of praise saying, with everything within me and with every breath that I have for the rest of my life, I will praise the covenant God of creation and redemption. And then he unpacks why in the rest of Psalm 146. And so if you'll follow along, it's uh, broken down into three categories. 
In verses 3 and 4, you can trust in God instead of people because there is no hope in any person. In verses 5 through 7, you can trust in God instead of people by viewing the people who have hope. And lastly, in verses 7 through 10, you can trust in God instead of people by looking at the hope for all people. Before I go any further, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time that we can sit under Your Word and see what Your truth has to say to us. God, I pray that uh, this time together, that this would not be a collection of my my thoughts or my musings, that I would not be relying on my wit or my intellect, but God, I would trust and rest in your Spirit alone. Speak through me. Be with us here now. Break down our walls. Renew our hearts by the power of your Word. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Now, as a quick preface, I know with that opening, it... Someone could think that I'm going to say that we should be, as Christians, anti-government. I am not saying that. Uh, I'm not condoning anarchy of any sort. I'm not condoning joining the anonymous movement and buying your Guy Fox mask and going out and protesting or, you know, national dissent. I'm not condoning that. Because if you look at Scripture as a whole, Scripture actually points us to pray for our government, to support and submit to our government. In passages like Romans 13 and Titus 3 and 1 Peter 2, God's people are called to pray for people in authority. That we're not called to be a people of rebellion. We are called to be a people marked by humility and submission. But we are people of rebellious hearts. Like Israel in 1 Samuel chapter 8 as Israel goes to Samuel and cries out to him as the mouthpiece for God, please give us a king. We don't want God to lead us anymore. That is the cry of the natural human heart. We're called to submit, but we have hearts of rebellion. And this is why the psalmist is telling you to put your trust in God because there is no hope. In any person. As I mentioned briefly a few moments ago, that it is our human heart, it is our human nature to look to other people for hope, for encouragement. We look to celebrities to tell us how to shop or who to vote for, how we should live our very lives. There's an actual thing, there's a title for those of you that aren't on social media, but there are people on Instagram that are known as influencers. That their purpose on being on social media is to influence people on how they should live their lives and the things that they should do. There are terrifying documentaries that, uh, uh, that kind of chronicle the effect that these influencers can have. Uh, but I'm not going down that rabbit trail. But I think one of the most condemning in our American Christian position is the tendency to place hope in people and positions 
of political power. As a nation, not even looking at the church, but as a nation, we are a divided people of two major political parties that aren't even engaging with one another, but spend more time shouting at one another. We have churches that are full of Republicans and Democrats that are more concerned with political affiliation than kingdom work. Church seats are filled with Christians looking for hope in politicians, telling them if they should stand or kneel at, a, uh, at the national anthem, or telling them if they should be for or against abortion, telling them how they should feel about civil rights and the fallout of racial division and reconciliation. And this is nothing new. We look at Psalm 146 and verse 3. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. Put not your trust in people and positions of power, not just earthly princes, but people who have authority and power and rule over others. Do not place your trust and your hope in them. And a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. And on that very day, his plans perish. These are people just like you. With no power to save. To save themselves eternally for themselves or for anyone else. As we're reminded in Romans chapter 3, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not just a specific type of people, not just a, 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 a tribe of people, not just a nation of people. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So do not place your trust in any person because they are just as broken as you. Unfortunately, churches are not exempt from this brokenness. Within the church realm, we've fallen into this pattern of lifting pastors up to the level of celebrity. And there are celebrity pastors that, that, that should be an oxymoron. A pastor of celebrity status. And yet... Within church realms, we look to these big-name pastors, to the newest books uh, that they might write or the podcasts that they put online. And inevitably, there will be at some point some kind of scandal that rocks Christian bubbles or pops them, if you will. For some people, their faith, their very personal faith is shaken because of the trust that they put in this other person who has now fallen and broken and their sin is exposed. And then non-Christians point and look and say, look at that. I told you. Look at the hypocrisy of these people sitting on a throne of lies. Looking at people for hope will let you down. It's not bad to trust people, to, to have a level of trust in people, but people cannot save. People cannot bring salvation. 
The psalmist says that when his breath departs, he returns to the earth, and on that very day, his plans perish. He can't even save himself, let alone anyone else. Because people are just as broken and sinful as you. If they're your next door neighbor, or if they're your mayor, your government, or your governor, your, your senator, your pres- president, whoever is in a position of power is still a broken, sinful person. And the psalmist reminds you don't put your trust there. And so I have to ask. Where are you placing your trust? Are you one of the people that places your hope and your trust in your personal politics, either red or blue, whichever way you vote? Do you find hope and assurance in quoting talking points from partisan politics or major news outlets, hoping that they can save you? Are you placing your hope in people that are just as broken as you? Thankfully, the psalmist shifts his focus at this point from why there's no hope in people to focusing on the people who do have hope. And in verse 5 he says, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. And this word for blessed, blessed, it, it can be translated both as blessed and happy. Happy is he whose trust, whose help is the God of Jacob. Not a superficial happiness, not a surface level happiness like I love my taco truck, it makes me happy. But an eternal happiness that brings shalom, rest to the soul. A happiness that brings assurance that keeps you amidst the storm. And I know it, seem, it might sound odd to place your hope in the God of Jacob, but if you know your Old Testament history, that Jacob is the one who wrestled with God and his name was changed to Israel. And to say that the, uh, to, uh, to place your hope in the God of Jacob is to place your hope in the God of Israel, that this is a covenantal God who makes himself known to his people and exists in relationship with his people. So blessed and happy is the one whose help is found in the God of Jacob. The one who trusts Yahweh, the covenant God, finds happiness and blessing. And look at why in verse 6 that this God is the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, and who gives food to the hungry. This blessing, our blessedness and this happiness does not just come from a blind following of God, but it's, it comes from looking at the very character of God Himself, a God who is a creator, a God who is faithful, a God who is just, a God who is a provider. Blessed is the one whose help is found in the covenant God of Israel who creates, who gives faith, who brings justice and provides. 
And centuries later, as Jesus began his earthly ministry and began teaching, he uses a very similar format when he teaches the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, that Jesus himself says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That Jesus, God himself in the flesh, mirrors this teaching style found in Psalm 146 of saying, blessed is the one whose hope is in God, that trusts and hopes and finds his peace in God. Psalm 146 and Matthew 5 are essentially saying the same thing. The person who submits themselves to God finds blessing, not a happiness found in rebellion or self-gratification and amassing power or stuff or reputation, not a life of independence, but a life lived in dependence. And I'm sorry for that bad pun, but I could not avoid it. But our, our, our hope and our peace and our happiness as, as human beings and as believers is not found living a life of independence, but it's living in dependence upon the God who saves, who makes Himself known and provides for His people. The people who are willing to lay aside their pride and are willing to submit their hearts find blessing and hope. I read a story earlier this week of a... Uh, of uh, Randy Alcorn, and I know I just talked about the hilarity of celebrity pastors, but this is a pastor who writes wonderful books and theology and, and things like that. But, um, but he shared a story of God's faithfulness in, in, within his own life. And he's talking about uh, in, the, in the early 90s that he uh, and a few other believers were, were part of a, pre, a peaceful protest demonstration uh, in front of different abortion clinics that they would speak hope to these young ladies that as they were entering uh, or approaching abortion clinics that they would plead with them to not destroy the life growing inside of them. Uh, and he was actually arrested and the court system of California found him guilty uh, of breaking the law and uh, over the course of the trials and the, the abortion clinics that were suing and all of this, uh, Randy Alcorn, not his church, but he himself was charged with owing $8.2 million for protesting in front of abortion clinics. Yet he could not willingly pay money that he felt was going to support this practice. And so he gave away all of his money 
and his book royalties and lived a life on minimum wage for him and his family, and all of his book royalties at that point went to charity. And living a life of minimum wage, for those of you that don't know, the government was not allowed to garnish his wages because he was living on the bare minimum that a person could make to survive. And at this point in history, he is now, his charities and his book royalties have given away $8.2 million, the very amount that he was supposed to owe to the government. He has given away in support of helping and protecting others and refugees and, uh, uh, and people willing to, to fight for, for children and, and safety and, and all of these things. And he says that he has received more blessing and joy and hope and giving away everything that he could have gained. He received more from giving away than he ever could have received from that $8.2 million coming to himself. I encourage you to read the, to, to look up the story, to read it. It's highly encouraging. Um, but Randy Alcorn was willing to submit not just himself, but his family and his finances. He was willing to submit and depend on God for his help and his provision. And he found hope and blessing by trusting in God's provision. And so I encourage you to examine your own heart and ask, where is your hope found? Is it in you or other people? Is your hope found in your stuff? Is your hope found in your politics, your government? Is your hope found in your wallet and what you may or may not have in it? And what is keeping you from trusting God to be your hope? And once the psalmist has compared the people who have no hope to the people who have hope, the author points us to the hope for all people. And picking up in the second half of verse 7, he says, Yahweh sets the prisoners free. Yahweh opens the eyes of the blind. Yahweh lifts up those who are bowed down. Yahweh loves the righteous. Yahweh watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. He gives a list of weak, dependent people and where their hope comes from. Yahweh, the covenant God of creation and redemption, brings hope and help to the people who cannot help themselves. That this covenant God of Israel brings freedom and healing and endurance and love and protection and provision and justice. He brings help to those in need. And so the psalmist rejoices not in his own efforts or abilities, but he rejoices in the God who helps the helpless. And so I want to encourage you that hope is not found in yourself or other people. It's not found in kings or political parties. 
And yet some of you might even say, but what about my everyday needs? What about uh, uh, just paying my bills or my income taxes? What about my rights as an American? What about, uh, however you may or may not vote on abortion or gun rights or Supreme uh, Court uh, issues or things like that? Those are valid questions to ask and to wrestle with. But I want to challenge those questions with a quote from Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 6. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet the heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need all of them, them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so I want to encourage you to not look for your trust or your hope in people or in stuff. Your happiness will never be found there. Don't place your hope of security in a government full of broken people who are just as broken and needy as you. Trust in the kingdom of God and He will provide for all of your needs. Trust in the God who loves His people enough to send His Son. Because Scripture says that all are, are, are sinful, all have fallen short of the glory of God. That you and I are helpless. Just as the list of helpless people in Psalm 146, you and I are helpless for ourselves, for our own sanctification, for our own regeneration, for our hope and salvation, you and I offer nothing to that equation. And yet God sends His Son, Jesus Christ, in the flesh that as you were unable to save yourself, Jesus comes and lives a sinless life and takes your helplessness and your sin upon Himself. Nails it to the cross as it dies with Him in agony. And as He rose again three days later in glorious triumph over sin and death, that He gives you His righteousness. That you were helpless in that equation and God steps in and says, My Son will take care of it for you. You are the prisoner that has been set free. You are the blind who has been given sight. You are the weak. And so I ask you, trust in God. Will you trust in God? The God who watches over the sojourner. 
the, the, uh, the immigrant, if you will. The God who watches over the orphan and the widow. Will you place your hope and trust in Him? And this is why the psalmist ends the way he does. Yahweh will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise Yahweh. And so as we wrap up this morning, I have to ask you, where is your hope and your trust? Are you trusting in yourself? Are other people? Are your government affiliations? Are you trusting in broken people that are just like you, unable to save themselves? Or will you walk away from sinful rebellion and independence and live independence of Christ? And will you come to Him and trust in Jesus Christ today? Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your love for us. And God, we confess that far too often we place our hope and our trust in things that cannot save and cannot satisfy. We look to other people. We look to political systems. We look to our our stuff for our hope. And time and time again, we find ourselves brokenhearted and let down. And God, I confess these things and I ask that You would remind us that You are the Redeemer. You are the one who gives true eternal hope that You sent Your Son to reclaim Your people for Your glory. Be our hope. (coughs) Remind us that our life and our hope and our joy is found in You alone. And we pray all of these things in the mighty, victorious, and beautiful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.